0: Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndytravelPodcast.com.
1: This week it's episode 331 and we're talking about how to enjoy long bus trips. What do you mean by enjoy? Well, how to deal with long bus trips then.
0: (laughs) There are some people that really get a lot of pleasure in long distance bus rides. I am not one of them, but we've taken hundreds of hours of long bus trips over our travels.
1: Do you know that we're actually celebrating 10 years of the Indie Travel Podcast at the moment? Last week was 10 years since we, I think it was since we purchased The Domain. It might've been since the first episode, but it was roundabout then. So yeah, happy birthday to us. That's crazy. 10 years. I know. You didn't give me a cake. I thought about buying a cake, but I didn't. Sorry. Send cake now. Now. (laughs) So we're in Nicaragua at the moment and the cakes that they have here are all spectacular. I don't know what it is, but they left their decorating skills back in the eighties. They all seem to be covered with this really, really bright white icing, and you know, like pastel blue trimming and things like that. So I don't know if I really wanted a cake like that.
0: It's kind of like a, a tres leches cake. It's it's sponge with condensed milk and with sweetened milk and with some other kind of sweet creamy milk and. <laughs> It's it's amazingly sweet. I don't think I've had so much sugar on a fork since I literally ate sugar off of a fork.
1: <laughs> well, that was one of the cakes. They actually do have other cakes. We haven't ventured into trying them yet, but maybe sometime during our stay here, we will.
0: Hey, but Managua is pretty cool. We haven't seen much of it. Uh, we travelled up over the weekend. And we've been working during the week, but I'm looking forward to finding a couple of evenings to get out and explore. They have like an active volcano that is 20 minutes' drive away from our house. And so it's been a long time since I've seen lava. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't think I have. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. Yeah, we definitely haven't seen lava together. I remember seeing it as a kid in Hawaii and going up and, you know hiking up and up and up a mountain, and then there wasn't much lava flowing that day, so it was really disappointing, and we mainly (laughs) just saw smoke. That is sad. Yeah, yeah. But hey, it's cool, and it's really close to us. So that'll be one evening, hopefully, this week.
1: So, to get here, as you know, we were living in Panama for about five and a half, six months, and... Our time came to an end. It was sad, but we had to move on. So we packed up the house, said goodbye to the dogs and the cat that we were looking after. You know, I wonder if we actually did say goodbye to the cat.
0: Always forgot the cat.
1: I I feel bad about that cat because we gave so much attention to the dogs. But, you know, this cat was particularly independent. and He'd come and hang out with us and then kind of complain that we hadn't given him any attention. And I just, you know, I'd always have treats for the dogs. And then the cat would come and say, like, hello, what about me? And I'd go, oh, gosh, sorry, forgot about you. So, yeah, I think we did say goodbye to the three dogs and the cat. And then we hopped in the car, drove down to Santiago and met up with the owners of the house who were coming back from their other home in the States. And then it was time for the long bus trips to begin.
0: Oh, and my goodness. Three in three days. At least three. I uh, three, actually, three journeys in three days. Yeah,
1: I haven't worked out how many actual buses we're on, but it was definitely more than three. So yeah, we started off with a bus from Santiago to David. That was pretty straightforward. We just hopped on any bus that we could get on. And from the main bus terminal, that was pretty easy. That dropped us in David, and we stayed the night there. And the next morning, we got up really early because our plan was to catch a bus from David to the border with Costa Rica. Now, thinking back on this, we probably could have got a direct bus all the way to San Jose, but we thought that wasn't such a good idea because we knew that if you're on a bus with lots of people everyone's got to get off the bus. Everyone's got to stand in line, you know, and you end up at the border for like an hour. So we thought, no, no, we'll catch a bus at the border. We'll go through by ourselves and then we'll be able to find a bus on the other side. And we did manage that, but uh, yeah, unfortunately we'd forgotten about the change in time. So we actually gained an hour, which is great because we got up really early in order to get to the border in time to catch the last kind of morning bus. Cause otherwise we'd be waiting to one o'clock, but as it was, you know, we had an extra hour in our day, so it was fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was really annoying standing outside the bank waiting to to change money from US dollars to uh, Costa Rican colones. And we standing there going, why aren't they opening? We can see them moving around inside. They're just, why, why, why?
1: And it's 5 past and my, 9, and it's and supposed my, to open
0: at 9. A couple of hours later, we're like, oh, the time changed. Yeah. I, I guess the those bank people at the border get that every single day, angry yeah. tourists just waiting.
1: Yeah, they should have a sign-up saying, check your phone. Actually, the time <laughs> might have changed. So, yeah, we managed to get on the bus, and while we were sitting on that bus – we were looking at the, bu- the route the bus was taking, and our plan was originally to go to San Jose, but then we realized that this bus was taking the coastal route, and it was kind of going to make a big curve up the coast and then back inland to San Jose. And we realized that we didn't really want to go to San Jose.
0: Nobody ever really wants to go to San Jose.
1: It isn't our favorite place in the world. We, we wanted to get to Liberia, which was another city further up the coast. So when the bus stopped for a second to let someone off, I ran down the bus and said, oh, look, we want to go to Liberia. Uh, Can we do that? And he's like, well, I suppose you could get off here and then catch a bus to Punta Arenas and then another bus to Liberia. That would work. And so that's what we did. We got off the bus, waited for an hour for a bus to Punta Arenas, got on that, traveled for only about 20 minutes, half an hour. And then we overheard the word Liberia and someone else was getting off the bus in order to catch the bus to Liberia. So got off, waited for about another 20 minutes. And got on another bus that was going to Liberia. And this one, I think this was the worst of the journey because the bus was already full. And it was a good two to three hour journey from where we got on to Liberia. And we were standing up and it was hot. There was no air conditioning. It was a it was a coach style bus, but it was being treated like a local bus, you know. So yeah, we, we only had to stand up for about half an hour to 45 minutes. But in the heat, that was a mission.
0: Yeah, it was quite funny. I had decided to lean against the wall at one point, and I had my headphones in. I was listening to an audio book and just standing there, and all of a sudden people started waving at me and waving at me and waving at me. I'm like, what's going on here? And I was leaning against the button that asked the bus driver to stop. So with my headphones in, I didn't notice the flashing lights or the ding, 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 ding. That was annoying the bus drivers quite so much.
1: Well, I didn't know that happened. That's hilarious.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) That's spectacular. So anyway, we made it to Liberia. And of course, because we hadn't really planned to go there, we didn't have, we hadn't planned very much. Luckily, we had downloaded a map with Maps.me so we could see where we were because, of course, we didn't have data on our phones because we were only going to be in Costa Rica for that night, really. I'd done a quick search on booking.com for a couple of hostels or hotels and had their addresses, so we made our way towards one, found another hotel on the way, and just stayed there because
0: we couldn't be bothered.
1: It wasn't the best place in the world, but it had Wi-Fi, it had a bed, and we could sleep, so that was glorious.
0: We didn't get to see much of Liberia, but the main square at night was kind of cool. There were people skateboarding around, lots of people... Of all ages, just hanging out on park benches, relaxing, enjoying the, the night air. And that was cool.
1: Yeah, it was awesome.
0: And then we got up in the morning and we did what we did every morning. We made our way to the bus terminal.
1: <laughs> we stopped for a coffee because we really needed that. And once again, our plan was to catch a local bus to the border, cross the border on foot, and then go on. Now, this in this case, this was a mistake because when we got to the border, well, we managed to get through the Costa Rican customs. But we didn't realize that it was a bit of a walk from uh, Costa Rican customs to Nicaraguan customs. And as we were walking through, we noticed that there was a bus sitting there between the the two areas. And we said, oh, are you going to Managua? And they said, yeah. And we said, can can we just hop on? (laughs) And he said, yeah. He told us the price. And he said, but you'll have to pay the the entry tax for, for Nicaragua, and I'll do all of that for you. And we thought, well, that's great. Because one of the things with traveling in Central America is that you need to have proof of departure. And we had that for entering Costa Rica, but we didn't have it for entering Nicaragua because we're going to be flying out of Costa Rica. So it's very confusing. And so I was a bit concerned about whether we'd be actually allowed into the country. But uh, we had no problems with that because the bus driver took our passport and sorted it out for us. So that was magical.
0: Absolutely. It was great. And so, yeah, so we ended up in Managua. We ended up just sitting, well, we got off the bus at the bus side of the road I'd like to call it a terminal, but, you know, there was an office. But really, it was a bus side of the road. Well,
1: it wasn't the end of the of the line, was it?
0: We no, but it, but it was their main – it was their office for that bus company. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's why we stopped there. So we got off there because we realized that we we're in the south of the city and our um, Airbnb was in the south of the city. So we're like, great, we'll get off here instead of going further up. Taxis will be cheaper. And then we realized that we were – in the middle of nowhere, with (laughs) no cash, no ATMs, no taxis, and no data. So we did what any self-respecting traveler would do, and we found a mall.
1: Well, we asked the bus driver where we could find a bank, and he directed us to a mall. it was
0: only about a 10-minute walk,
1: so that was fine. So yeah, we made our way to the mall, hauled up in a cafe with Wi-Fi, made a plan, and coffee. That
0: that was important after all day on the bus.
1: Yeah, but I was really confused because we went into the cafe and it said, you know, lunch from $5.00. And I'd kind of started to get my head around the exchange rate between the U.S. dollar and the Nicaraguan Cordoba. And, you know, five Cordobas is not very much. (laughs) It's less than 25 cents. I was like, well, that's really cheap. But then I realized they were advertising in U.S. dollars. So, And that was something that we discovered, that most people will accept U.S. dollars here. So that was a bit surprising. We still wanted to have Cordobas because we prefer to use the local currency, but um, getting them was a bit of a challenge because our bank decided to block our card. Obviously thought that being in Nicaragua was not on. <laughs> we still haven't actually managed to make a withdrawal yet. So we just did some exchanges.
0: Yeah, we're living on uh, emergency cash that we're exchanging in credit cards. But, you know, it's working out so far. Craig's
1: pretty excited because we can actually use credit cards, which is something we couldn't do. Oh my in-
0: goodness, we can use credit cards again. It feels so civilized to pay for things with plastic instead of this old 18th century way of exchanging pieces of, of paper for goods and services. They have plastic money here. I know, I know that's polymer, but you know, it's it's the same. That technology hasn't changed. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It's, you're quite cute when you're excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and excited about all of the wrong things.
1: So anyway, we've been in Nicaragua, we've been in Managua for a week now, and do you know how much we've done? Nothing. We've been holed up working all our our time, really, because our other company, Performance Foundry, has had a lot on. So we will see some of Nicaragua at some point, (laughs) I hope. But um, I did go down to Granada with uh, one of our employees who we're actually here to see and his wife and daughter. So that was really fun. Beautiful, beautiful colonial town, gorgeous cathedral. I climbed up the bell tower. We had nice breakfast. And, yeah, that was nice. But apart from that, it's just been hanging around at home, eating lots of uh, gallo pinto, which is rice and beans. It seems to be the national dish of of Nicaragua. And, yeah, hanging out. So you wouldn't
0: think that a couple of days on buses would be so filled with tiny little uh, moments of adventure. But whether it was standing on the side of the road wondering if this imaginary bus would ever show up, or chatting with the guy outside the hospital for 20 minutes while not wanting to chat with the guy outside the hospital <laughs> for 20 minutes, or all of the, the weirdness of being dropped off in, in strange places and, and struggling to find your bearings in a new place, it was a, you know a couple of days of tiny little adventures.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. One of my favorite moments was when when we got on the bus at the border between Costa Rica and Nicaragua, uh, Craig and I couldn't sit together because the bus was full, but they somehow managed to find a seat and a half for us. So I went and sat down in the free seat in the bus, and Craig was sitting at the front on the jump seat. I got talking to the girl next to me, and she started giving me light cheese. That was quite funny. She gave me four, and I ate them all, and then she was like, here's some more for your husband. I felt like I'd been really greedy.
0: Yeah, and then later on, a, a couple of people left the bus, and we managed to get seats together. And then Linda goes, oh, the woman I was sitting next to before gave me these for you and promptly opened one and ate it. <laughs> Thanks.
1: <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I opened one and gave it to you, and then I opened the second one and ate it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. You're right. Your, your priorities were, were correct there. Yeah. It's delicious. Smooth. So in this episode, we thought we'd share, uh, well, I don't know if we've even got time to share a few more of our misadventures on long distance buses, but we thought we'd uh, let you know how we're researching this kind of thing and how you can plan out your trips wherever you are in the world for traveling long distance One thing that isn't in our notes that we mentioned before that I want to get in before I forget is the app that we're using to store data offline called Maps.me, which I think is either free or a very, very cheap purchase for Android or iOS. And uh, what it allows you to do is download entire countries while you're on Wi-Fi. And it gives you open street map data as well. So you don't get as much information as you do with Google Maps, but you get a ton of information about local places and, you know, all the points of interest that you'll need to at least find a place to eat, a place to sleep, and an ATM. And it's saved our butts so many times when you're just sitting a week or two weeks before you're going like, we're going to need a map, Mm -hmm. and you download it. And I know people are going to write in and say that Google Maps for your phone, you can now don- download and keep stuff offline. And that's true, but it only stays for a while, and then it goes expired and it disappears. And I've had that before when I've, I've downloaded stuff on Google Maps and gone to use it, and it's expired. And that's driven me insane. Uh, so Maps.me stays on your phone until you choose to delete it. Yeah. Perfect.
1: And what's wonderful about it is that it's searchable. So if you want to find a supermarket or if you want to find the address you're going to, you can search it for that, which is something that you can't do if you've just opened Google Maps on your phone and, you know, downloaded those that that local map.
0: Yeah. So completely off topic. <laughs> Shall we get back into our notes?
1: Well, let's start at the beginning, which is choosing your bus. So you've you obviously decided where you're going to be traveling. You've established that you need to travel by bus. I mean, personally, we prefer to travel by train if at all possible, but... If bus is what you've chosen to do, or if it's the only viable option, then you need to choose which bus to go with. So you need to do a bit of research. Services like Room to Rio and Busbud can be really handy to get an idea of options, but they're not exhaustive. So start with one of those two options, and then wiki travel can also be handy. What you can do is go to the city where you're starting your journey, where you're ending your journey, and look at the get-in section. They'll give you an idea of how people travel to that destination, or how they travel away from that destination and sometimes the companies and prices.
0: Yeah, we've found in a lot of countries the most up-to-date information is passed on through almost word of mouth and osmosis. So even if you've done your research online in many parts of the world, you really need to rock up to the bus station or call the bus station and uh, have what you think will happen confirmed. There's mountains of misinformation and out-of-date timetables on the net.
1: Definitely. You can't trust most of the timetables you see, unfortunately, but they will give you an idea. So say, for example, you see that there are three buses in the morning and two in the afternoon. They might be out by an hour or half an hour or something like that, but at least you know that there will be more than one bus a day, probably. So yeah, do that. And then you can also think about whether you're going to be doing like a long distance bus, so an international bus, perhaps, or local buses. Now, in our case, we decided that traveling from Santiago to David by local bus made sense because... You know, there were lots of them. They were going every half hour. Whereas if we waited for one of the big comfortable coaches, it would take a lot more time. Also, with crossing the border, we made the decision to travel by local bus to the border and then look for a more comfortable international style coach. But it really depends on your destination and on where you're traveling to and from.
0: Definitely. One thing I'd say, no matter what kind of bus you get, is stay away from the toilet because uh, the longer the bus journey, the smellier the toilet. And unfortunately, on that last leg where we negotiated our way onto the bus and I had to hide at the back of the bus while the army did their search through and checked against the manifest, and I got to sit on the booster seat at the front. When a space did free up, we were right next to the loose and, uh, yeah, it was a bit fragrant. Yeah, Oh, well. it, was a, it was a bit fragrant. It happens. So you want to avoid those for obvious smell-related reasons, and you want to avoid seats directly next to the door or the stairs for security-related reasons.
1: Yeah, so sometimes when you're booking your ticket, either online or in person, you'll have the chance to choose your seat I remember when we were traveling through South America a few years ago that we'd go to the bus station to buy our tickets because it just couldn't be done online. Or maybe it could, but it was a challenge. So anyway, they'd bring out a plan of the bus and they'd show us which seats were available. And when we were in Mexico recently, they just kind of turned the computer screen around to us and said, you know, which ones do you want? And You could say the number. And I remember once when we were traveling through Bolivia, there were four of us traveling together. And what we really liked was when there were double-decker buses and we could get the four seats right at the front of the upper layer because then we were not going to be walked past by anyone. We had a bit of extra leg room. It was wonderful. Well, in this case, those four seats were taken. So we decided to take the four seats immediately behind them. And we looked really carefully, and we realized that, no, we weren't going to be directly in front of the stairs or opposite the stairs and because of security reasons, so we worked that out. We went to get on the bus. Craig and I were sitting right in front of the stairs, and Janine and Ange were sitting right opposite the stairs, so exactly what we'd been trying to avoid. It was so frustrating.
0: Yeah, so it's the best laid plans of mice and men, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it was really, we'd done everything we could and the information we were given just wasn't correct. So you have to just roll with it sometimes. When traveling around Bolivia and some other parts of the world around there, I remember in Peru, one thing we were very careful about doing was looking up the company's safety record. And so there are obviously areas in the world where... Driving is considered a competitive sport. And so we wanted to uh, walk away if anything happened. And so that was something that we were constantly checking online and also talking to other travelers about. Mm -hmm. And luckily, we didn't have any uh, super scary experiences with our drivers.
1: Yeah, it was interesting, especially, as you say, in Peru and Chile, quite often many companies ran the same routes and the prices varied quite significantly. And so the safety record was a factor for us when we when we were making that decision
0: well you know pricing isn't always directly related to safety I mean the, the big two companies in the UK for example are national Express and megabus and megabus has a like a budget model and national express is the you know the traditional bus company and so in those cases there's There's nothing really in it, and the the standards that the drivers are expected to adhere to.
1: But you can get some ridiculously cheap bus tickets on both of them, actually. We've quite often got £1 bus tickets on Megabus, and National Express tends to start around £5, so they're both very good options. I remember one time we bought tickets from London to Glasgow. It was an overnight bus, so we'd be leaving at midnight. And late in the piece, we realised that we actually wanted to go to Aberdeen, which was quite considerably further on. And just that leg, the extra four hours or five hours from Glasgow to Aberdeen, we looked into it and it was going to cost us like 40 pounds because we decided to do it at the last minute. So we showed up at the Megabus terminal, and we thought, we'll just sort it out later. We can't we can't deal with it at the moment. And when we went to get on the bus, we noticed that our bus, the bus we were getting on, wasn't just going to Glasgow. It was going all the way to Aberdeen. So we found a representative of the company. and We said, look, uh, I noticed that this bus is going to Aberdeen and we'd quite like to extend our tickets. We've got tickets to Glasgow. How can we do that? Can we pay the extra? And he's like... Just put your, put your bags in the Aberdeen section and get off there. <laughs> so That was brilliant.
0: It was a total so, win. It, it was even cheaper. I think we paid less than £10 for the two tickets, and we got all the way.
1: I think they were £1 wonders, actually.
0: <laughs> Smooth. Now, I'm a big fan of traveling by bus overnight because even though it's uncomfortable, I am able to sleep and you should see the look on Linda's face right now. If we were doing a video podcast, it's quite possible the camera would be breaking.
1: Yeah. I wrote the notes for this podcast and I said in capital letters, avoid overnight because I feel very strongly about this. When we were traveling through South America with our friends, Annie and Anch, we did a lot of overnight bus trips and it makes sense. It's logical because you save, a, you save time, right? You're not spending your, your travel day traveling. You wake up in the morning in your destination and you can explore at least that's the plan. Didn't work so well for us because Janine and I were always completely knackered and, you know, a bit grumpy, really, because we didn't sleep at all. And our traveling companions were always bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to go, and Janine and I were kind of glowering and, you know, not very happy about things. I would recommend that you look for bus trips that are around maximum six hours if you can, because, I don't know, I quite like that, that amount of time. There's always enough to do. You can always listen to books and read and do various things while you're on the bus and you can enjoy the scenery as you go by if you organize your day well enough and get up early maybe get up at six hop on the bus you're still at the afternoon when you arrive in your destination right
0: mm, yeah yeah i guess so craig is unconvinced but anyway I mean, if you are going to be traveling overnight it is a good idea to be traveling with someone uh, if you're unsure about your safety of yourself or your belongings and not to make anyone paranoid about traveling by a bus but it's a very common thing for people's uh, valuables bag you know that backpack with your laptop and your camera and your passport in it to go walk about when you've fallen asleep on a bus so that's why you avoid the seats near the door there's a, a smaller chance of your stuff being taken and that's why it's a great idea to travel with someone Uh, What I'll do if I am going to be sleeping on a bus and I'm not sure about the people around me, there's lots of people getting on and getting off, for example, I'll make sure that I have my bag hooked over my arm, maybe with a blanket or something over the top of the zips. So, you know, you're not going to be able to be completely alert and aware because you're hopefully going to be asleep. But by traveling with someone else and by making things a bit awkward for anyone that wants to walk away with things you're going to save yourself uh, a lot of pain.
1: Yeah, I, I don't really use a money belt anymore, but when I'm traveling on overnight buses, I'll quite often wear one with my passport and, and valuables and stuff in it there just because it's under layers of clothing. So once again, it's that that much more awkward to get to.
0: And the opposite of being awkward and worried were like the buses in Argentina where for an extra 10 or 20 bucks, you would be given a whiskey given a tea, You get like waitress service. You are sitting on a bus and it was like being in business class in an airline, like a, a real airline that has real business class. It was amazing. It was you're like, you know, you're like, I'm going to be on this bus for six hours. Oh, for 20 bucks, they'll bring me drinks and snacks and food. It was amazing. Yeah. And even without that in Argentina, you got bingo, even in the cheap seats. <laughs> You know, we someone to jump up and and start playing bingo. It's <laughs> brilliant.
1: Yeah, so that's something else to look out for when you're booking your your bus.
0: Yeah, free Spanish numbers lesson.
1: <laughs> that's actually what we did. But what I was going to say was the level of service because many buses will have uh, first class and second class seats. Some of the buses will actually be all luxury, so it'll be all first class and 100 percent wonderful. So they'll often be called like an executive or an executivo kind of bus. So. Make sure you check what level of service you're getting when you book your
0: ticket. This isn't just in South America and Argentina, although that's my warmest memory of a bus (laughs) trip, was sitting down and being asked if I wanted whiskey or cognac. I mean, it was pretty good. It doesn't get much better than that. When I was travelling up in the Baltics uh, last year, we also had a luxury bus, and it was also super luxurious with Wi-Fi, heaps of leg room, free drinks. It was great.
1: Yeah. So that's something else to consider when you're booking your bus. What kind of level of service are you getting?
0: One place we've traveled on a lot of buses and a lot of trains is in Italy. It's one of our favorite countries to get around. And I'm dreaming of a good glass of red wine sitting on a bus right now. Nero Davila. I don't think we've
1: ever had a glass of red wine on a bus in Italy.
0: Well, bucket list that.
1: Yeah, we should make that happen.
0: (laughs) Anyway, if you are traveling to Italy and you'd like someone else to do the planning for you, so you're not spilling red wine all over yourself (laughs) on a bus, get in touch with our sponsors for this episode, Select Italy. Select Italy designs custom itineraries and books a whole range of products and services, including great tours, romantic wedding and honeymoon trips, along with ticketing services for museums and musical events in Italy. Visit selectitaly.com to learn more. All
1: right, so let's imagine you've got your tickets, whether through Select Italy or buying them yourself at the at the bus station, and you're all ready to go, so you're going to be getting on the bus the next day, and you just need to do a bit of preparation. Well, a few things that we do is we want to make sure that we're entertained, and talking to your seatmate or your traveling companion will use some of the time, but it's always a good idea to have a backup plan, just in case you run out of topics of conversation. So we, well, I personally really love to listen to podcasts and audiobooks. So I always make sure that I've got a few of those on my phone before I go.
0: I've heard a good one to listen to is the Indie Travel Podcast. Oh, yeah. 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 If you've ever listened to that, make sure you give it a five-star review on iTunes. We (laughs) appreciate that. (laughs) I've already mentioned looking up uh, maps. So that's something that's really important. That's normally my job, and it's all too often forgotten. So when I do remember, I do a whole bunch of upcoming countries at once. Mm -hmm. And, of course, making sure everything's charged up, phones, headphones, battery packs, all ready to go.
1: Yeah, I recommend – we've got this uh, little yellow battery pack so that if our phone runs out of battery, we can we can charge it up using that. So that's really good. We've found that amazing. So I'd recommend you get one of
0: those and make sure it's charged if you have one. One thing that Linda does that I can't do – well, I, I can do the preparation, but I can't actually do the action – is loading up her Kindle with some books to read. I find if I'm sitting on a bus and trying to read, I am quite ill. But Linda's got this magical knack of being able to read in a vehicle.
1: Well, I actually realized that when I was reading books, I might be getting a little bit sick, but reading on my Kindle was fine. And I I wonder if it's just because I'm not moving my head so much. You know, if you're reading a book, you're going from one page to the opposite page. You're going up and down and things like that. But with the Kindle, you're basically just looking in one direction.
0: I read a really cool article about being ill with reading in cars and mm-hmm. buses and things like that. And basically the reason you feel nauseous is because of how fast you're moving and your your body is, is feeling it and the little motion sensors in your ears that keep your balance are going, wow, we're, we're moving here. And then your face is looking at the page and your your eyes are telling your brain that you're not moving at all. You're just here and still. And your brain translates this data of moving very fast and not moving at all and goes, oh, no, we're being poisoned. (laughs) And the natural reaction to being poisoned is to want to vomit. So there you go. That's why you feel nauseous when you're reading on a a bus or in a car.
1: Fascinating. And that's why audiobooks are so great, because you can listen to them.
0: (laughs) And you learn junk like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But what I was going to say is that you can look out the window and enjoy the scenery, which is always a nice thing.
0: So yeah, after you have prepared your tech and your entertainment, you're fully charged, locked and loaded. uh, One thing that we always have, we jokingly refer to as our bus bag.
1: Yeah, it's always good to have a bag that's going to be with you on the bus. Now, that's even if, like us, you travel with carry-on size bags that you want to keep with you at all times, because sometimes the bus drivers will insist that you put your bag under the bus. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of that because I like to keep my valuables within sight, But uh, we always prepare a bus bag, whether or not we're going to have our carry-on bag with us or not.
0: Yeah, so we'll have a bag quite often inside one of our bags, but really to to pull out and just load a few more last-minute things in there. So that'll have uh, things like our headphones, Kindle, all those things we just mentioned before, along with space for our laptops. Uh, Linda likes to have, uh, an eye mask, a neck pillow, those kind of things, just a little bit of extra comfort for the journey.
1: If we're going to be traveling overnight. I haven't been putting those in my bag recently though. Uh, one thing that I would highly recommend you put in your bag is a jumper, a jersey, something to keep you warm. Because if you're traveling on one of these coaches, quite often they turn up the air conditioning really high. So you want to make sure that you're not freezing there on the bus.
0: Yeah, you definitely want to keep your valuables within reach, and so normally my laptop is locked up in my one bag, but if I do need to store that bag, I'm going to pull that out and bring it with me on the bus.
1: Now, one thing I do highly recommend you have with you on the bus, so in your bus bag, are some snacks. Now, preferably not crunchy or crumbly ones, because you do want to have some respect for your fellow bus travelers.
0: Definitely, as was well pointed out to us one time, <laughs> one time a long time ago in Austria. And so the, it was a cold day, and the bus was sitting there, you know, waiting to start its run. And we asked the driver if we could jump on board and get out of the wind. So. He very kindly led us on, and we we jumped in and sat down and, you know, got comfy. And the bus driver was outside chatting away with his bus driver friends, (laughs) and we decided it was a great time for a snack. So we pulled out a muesli bar, and we split it between us, and we're just kind of nibbling away, getting a bit of energy up. And the bus driver jumped back on board the bus, started up the engine, got that ticking over, and, and came back to say hi. We're like, hi, how are you? Like, good, good. Where are you from? I won't do my Austrian accent. Please don't. <laughs> no, no. Linda's, Linda's shaking her head very, very strongly. Um, and we're like, we're from New Zealand. He's like, oh, that's great. And we're thinking, well, this is all very friendly and, and very Austrian. It's very nice. Cool. He's like, is this your first time on an Austrian bus? And we're like, "Why? yes, 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 this is. Very enthusiastic about transport, this man. <laughs> He was like, well, I don't know what it's like in New Zealand, but here in Austria, we don't eat on the bus. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> he was like, you know, we want to be respectful of other passengers and not leave a mess, and sometimes people will throw things on the ground. We're like, oh, we, we wouldn't do that. We'd, we'd want to be very careful, and of course we, you know, don't want to make a mess of your bus. Like, well, that's very good. And then he bent down and picked up this tiny little grain no, this little tiny bit that had fallen off the, the side of the muesli bar and picked it up and go, because you don't want to leave things like this around, do you? <laughs> <laughs> ah,
1: So sweet. So passive aggressive. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. So very Austrian.
1: Definitely. But anyway, I do highly recommend you bring some snacks, maybe some fruits, some dried fruit, something like that. Even if the bus has advertised that it provides meals because they sometimes aren't completely
0: complete so you want to get all that prep done the day before, you know, get everything locked and loaded, ready to go. Uh, on the day of arrival, there's a multitude of problems that can happen between wherever you're staying... And wherever you're meant to be arriving. And so it's always a good idea to triple check your ticket. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, this is, this is always Linda's responsibility and she's caught some last minute blunders of ours, which have been pretty impressive. And yeah. I don't just mean the time zone slipping by an hour either.
1: Yeah, that's obviously happened. But you know, you want to check that you've got the right date that you've got the right time, that it's leaving in the morning and not in the afternoon or vice versa, but also that you've got the right bus terminal because some cities have multiple bus terminals. And even if you've gone to one terminal to buy your bus ticket, that doesn't necessarily mean that your bus is going to be leaving from that terminal. And so you might have to find your way to the complete other side of the city to be able to get on your bus.
0: Yeah, I mean, something similar to this happened to our friend Gary as recently as when we were traveling in Colombia together. So we arranged and called for a bus to pick him up at his hotel and then they'd come and pick us up at our hotel before continuing up the highway. And the bus showed up at our place. Sounds scary. No, Gary. And we're like, where's where's our friend? And so we're, we're standing there kind of arguing with the driver, just going, no, our friend is back further on the route and you were commissioned to pick him up. So where is he? And it was... A disaster. Yeah. So, even when you book, even when you plan, you get the time right, you get the place right, it doesn't mean your bus is going to show up.
1: That's right. And I double confirmed that they were going to pick him up from this hotel when I called the day before. And when I called up on the day of the trip, they said, Oh, we never pick someone up from that, that hotel because, you know, it's a pedestrian area. And I said, Well, why didn't you tell me that? Because I didn't know where Gary was staying. You know, I didn't know the intricacies of the city. So, yeah. In the end, Gary had to catch the next bus and waste it kind of two hours of his day. It was a
0: bit of a pity. Yeah, it sucked because he was only around for about a week. So it was half a day lost. Yeah. suck. It was suck. Well, so make sure that you triple check your ticket. You know where you're going. It really helps to go to the bathroom somewhere comfortable mm-hmm. because bus terminals and uh, buses themselves are not the most salubrious places.
1: And then you need to make sure that you arrive early. Now, in some places, they will say you must arrive 15 minutes before the bus leaves, and you really do need to be there 15 minutes before the bus leaves. Sometimes the bus will actually leave for its allocated time, just because they say, you know, everyone's supposed to be here 15 minutes before time. If we want to leave early, we can.
0: I remember running from the subway in Berlin to try and get onto the bus terminus. And I looked around, and there were like 100 buses. It was much bigger than I expected it would be. And so I was running, running, trying to find my bus, trying to get information, trying to get it. And I got there. and It was like six minutes before departure. And the people were arguing with me, saying I shouldn't be allowed to get on the bus because I had arrived, you know, inside of that safety margin or that, that time I should have arrived before. And they were, you know, well, now you're going to disturb other passengers. We might be late because of it. I'm like, I can get in there and sit down within 30 seconds. Don't worry about that. Just, just let me on the bus.
1: Yeah. So you definitely want to plan to arrive with plenty of time. Like Craig said, some of these bus terminals have a hundred gates, you know, on different levels. Trying to find out where you need to get on the bus can be a bit of a challenge.
0: And then comes the great danger of allocated seating. Now this is a, a quagmire for international travelers because seats will be allocated or not allocated. And depending on where you are, that will matter or not matter. Mm-hmm. And so it, sometimes I've been fighting for my allocated seats while no one in the city has ever looked at seating allocation in the last 50 years. It's it's crazy, just the variation from place to place.
1: Yeah. And in some cases, you must sit in your allocated seat. I remember once when we were in Thailand, we got on a bus, we didn't realize that we had allocated seating. We sat down, we made ourselves comfortable, took off our shoes, you know, arranged our pillows, everything. And then the, the driver came along and said, We've got allocated seating. And we realized that our seats were actually the ones in front. Luckily, the two tourists who were supposed to be sitting in our seats arrived at that moment, and we said to them, look, would you mind sitting in those seats? They said, is there something wrong with those seats? And we said, no, we just sat here, and we don't really want to move all our stuff. And they were nice enough just to go, yeah,
0: it doesn't matter. We'll sit here. Yeah, and then there's things like in Turkey. I remember jumping in a bus, and there weren't any seats together, so we sat down separately. And the woman that I sat down next to, Kind of looked at me and edged closer and closer to the window, and uh, and then I realized my faux pas. Was like, oh, Muslim society, segregated male female seating. So I very quickly jumped up and apologized as best I could in my terrible Turkish, and uh, went and sat next to a nice bearded man who <laughs> who wasn't overly worried about having the foreigner the foreign guy sitting next to him.
1: I remember one time we were traveling in Bolivia as well. Allocator seating was really important. In fact, I think it was that same bus where we got the seats that weren't where we thought they would be. And there was a woman sitting in a seat, and she had a ticket with her seat number on it. Then another man arrived. He had a ticket with the same number. Now, that argument went on for about an hour. She was not giving up her seat. And, you know, fair enough, because she had a ticket with the ticket number on it. But he, oh my goodness, the argument went on forever, and the bus was full. It was a long bus. It was an overnight bus. He didn't have a seat. I mean... Yeah,
0: so he, he wasn't moving and she wasn't moving and they stood about five meters away from us and at each other for about two hours.
1: It was a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was a bad bus trip, wasn't <laughs> that it? That was a
0: bad <laughs> bus trip, yes. And, you know, another thing to be aware of is when you're heading to the terminal, always have a couple of dollars of local currency available and uh, and ready to hand. Because you may or may not have to do this weird thing where it's compulsory to check a bag and it's compulsory to pay someone to check your bag for you. Yeah. So uh, Even if
1: you have a carry-on size bag that fits under all the seats and above your seat as well, like mine does, yeah, I've quite often had to pay to check it, even though I had absolutely no desire to do so.
0: Yeah, so this is kind of a, I I originally thought it was some kind of dumb tourist tax or scam. And then I looked at all of the other local people that were arguing about not wanting to check their bags either, or just going and handing it over, and realized that, no, it's just an unadvertised additional service charge that, You have to pay without any options. Mm
1: -hmm. And you might be able to ask about this when you buy your tickets, but we found, especially when we're traveling through South America, maybe in Brazil, you know, our Portuguese wasn't so great to be able to ask, you know, do we have to pay to check our back? (laughs) Things like that. So some of these things are just going to be a surprise on the day.
0: Absolutely. Well, I didn't think it was possible, but we've managed to condense 10 years worth of adventure, misadventure and missed buses into uh, probably uh, people are probably going this podcast has gone on a bit too long with the buses <laughs> now but hopefully it's been a good resource for people that are looking at uh, traveling overland maybe for the first time or uh, for the first time in a while
1: we'd love to hear your stories as well so send us a message mail at any or visit us on twitter or facebook or instagram at IndieTravel, and tell us your stories because i'm sure you've had some amazing bus trips as well Well, that's us for this week. Until next time, travel well.